Hallelujah. Ready for the word. Well, we're going to continue our teaching on communion, and um, <clears throat> thank you for, well, excuse me, thank, thank Nicole King for sending me something that's pretty uh, startling, and uh, this is a quote that says people are five times more likely, this is a statistic, people are five times more likely to die from prescription medicine than drug abuse from overdose and heroin combined. <clears throat> and that comes from the American Medical Association. Read that again. People are five times more likely to die from prescription medicine than from drug, drug abuse, from overdose, and heroin combined. And that's a pretty startling statistic, don't you think? And so, um, as we teach on, on communion, and I want you to really get a hold of this. This is, uh, oops, uh, make sure you got the right, should say Power of Communion 2. Just double check, make sure you got the right presentation up there. We're going to begin in Acts chapter 2. But how did sickness come into the earth in the first place? Well, when Adam ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden, you see, before that, everything was good. There was no sickness, no poverty. But as soon as Adam and Eve ate, sin entered into the world. Before that, there was no physical death. But after... He ate of that tree, death entered into the world, sin in, in, entered into the world, and sickness entered into the world. It all started by him eating of that tree. Okay. Um, I think um, okay, if you want to look for another presentation, it'll say Power of Communion 2. It might not be Sunday. If you don't find it on Sunday, it'll be it'll be Saturday. Then that way I, I can control it. But um, anyway, um, so an act of eating caused sickness to come into the world. Isn't it interesting that an act of eating can bring us health? An act of eating. Praise God, and uh, that's pretty powerful, isn't it? And um, just think about how many people are sick. Just think, think about how many people are sick in this world. And uh, even with all the advancements of medicine, and um, there's more, more and more, um, I mean, 
lot of advancements, but yet people are sicker than ever. That's because we live in a fallen world. This earth is under a curse. Okay? The good news is Jesus redeemed us from the curse. But there are, are effects in the earth. Even the organic foods that you eat is subject. It's, it's, this world is decaying. You can try to eat, eat the, uh, uh, as best as you can, and we, sh we should try to eat good and eat the best you can and exercise and do all of that, but realize that no matter how good you eat, the nutritional value is not like it used to because the earth is decaying. And we looked at that last week. Okay? The, the, the creation, the whole creation groans. Okay? And, uh, and, and waiting for, for that day that, uh, you know, that, de that day in the future and, and groaning together with the children of God. And so, right now, this earth is subject to decay. Isn't it interesting that Jesus spent more time ministering to the sick than he did doing anything else? And, um, and I'm sure you would agree with this, that next to um, right after salvation from sin, okay, and forgiveness of sins, the second best blessing is your health. Hallelujah. No, nobody uh, on their deathbed dying from a disease says, man, I wish I could have spent one more day in the office. I've really got a few more things that I need to get done. Or I wish I could have closed that deal. So next to forgiveness of sins, my goodness, divine health is, I mean, that's the next best blessing. So it's, it's great to live and, and to walk in divine health. And partaking of communion releases health in your body. Okay? And in, in the book of Acts, you can see that the believers there, they, they took it seriously. We're going to look at Acts chapter 2 and verse 46. You can also pull this up on the, uh, on the app. Praise God. And the scripture I referenced earlier is from Romans chapter 8, referring to the uh, earth decaying, Romans 8, 20 and 21. I encourage you to listen to or watch that message from last week, and you can get it. You can access it from the Summit Church app. You can also take notes on the app. All right. So that's Acts 8, 20 and 21. The creation will also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. So the creation groans and labors with birth pains together until now. Okay, so this earth is decaying. Acts chapter 2, verse 46, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple 
And breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with what? Gladness and simplicity of heart. You can see that they took taking communion seriously. They broke bread. This is referring to communion. They broke bread from house to house. So I encourage you to take communion in your house. The Bible doesn't tell us, uh, and don't get into a, a law, don't make it a law. The Bible says as often as you do it, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. You can partake of daily communion if you want to. You may be going through something specific that you want to take communion more. You may want to take it three times a day. Um, there's not a rule about how often, but we should do it often. Amen. And so, let's look at Acts 20. Now, on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together and break bread, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. Okay. Um, next verse, please. I'm, I'm lagging behind up here. Okay. So, Paul spoke till midnight. Night. I should try to do that sometime. I could do it. Speak till midnight. Amen. Uh, I don't know how many people we'd have left. But notice they didn't come as powerful a speaker as, as Paul is. They didn't, come to, they didn't come to hear and speak. What did they come to do? They came to break bread. Are y'all out there? So that shows you how important it is how important communion was in the early church because they didn't come together to hear Paul. They came to break bread. So it's, it's communion is a serious thing. And thank God, praise God, I'm getting a deeper and deeper revelation of communion. This, this is just awesome. Amen. You can get more health in your body. Thank you, Jesus. And you know what I'm believing for? I'm believing for 100% of Summit members healed. Nobody with cane, nobody with walkers, no, no, nobody suffering from any kind of illness, no mental illness, no physical illness, no 100% healing, 100% of everybody, 100% healed. Because Jesus dealt with it on the cross. And let's, let's look into this. Man. All right. So, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 27. We looked in, into this a little bit. And uh, why is it not allowing me to control this? Okay, I see what's happening. Thank you, Lord. Technology. Speaking of technology... My friend Skip Powell, who lives in D.C., he, he had me laughing. He, he, was, uh, he came in town for Pastor Bird's home going, and I happened to be in Houston, and uh, nobody was home. So I told him, just let me know when he arrived. And uh, I was in, in bed in Houston, and, and I missed a text from him, and then I got it pretty quick. 
and found out he was sitting in front of the house. I told him I lit the garage door up for him. And he got a kick out of that because I told him I could do it. And so um, I let the garage door up from Houston. And he told me, he said, he said, Al, he said, man, if, he said, he was telling the people who were traveling with him, he said, if Al told me if he was on the moon and said he could let the garage door up, I would believe him. <laughs> All right. Okay, let me see if he lets me do this. Man, this is, okay, I'm going to have to depend on you from up there. Okay, we'll go to the next verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He who drinks in an unworthy, um, no, previous verse. Yes. He, therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner. So let's get right to it. Um, how many of you have ever heard, and this is what religion teaches, that when you are partaking of communion, make sure that you don't have any sin in your life? In other words, let me say it a different way. Don't partake of communion with unconfessed sin. So if you have any sin in your life, ask the Lord to forgive you. Anybody, before you partake of communion. Anybody, I want to make sure I got the right group in here. Okay. Um, now, some of you are not being honest. Because if you've been going to some of the length of time, I said that stuff myself. <laughs> now, if you have any sin in your life, make sure you confess it. Okay. And I got that from, from this through, through a, a misunderstanding of this verse. Okay, it's not talking about uh, partaking of communion un, uh, being unworthy. Because you're not unworthy because of the blood of Jesus, the blood that Jesus shed for you on the cross, you are worthy. What this is saying is don't partake in an unworthy manner. You're not unworthy because of Jesus. Now, check this out. Now, you got to know that Jesus on the cross, what did he do? He removed your sin as far as the east is from the west. He forgave you of all your sins, past, present, and future. He became sin. He was judged for our sins. He took our sins in his body. He was judged for you and I's sins, the sins of the whole world on that cross. So it is impossible for you to partake of communion with sin in your life because Jesus removed your sin. You don't have any. You stand before God. I don't care what you did last night. I saw what you did last night. No, you're the righteousness of God in Christ. Now, we looked at this last week. I don't want to go over that again. But, but see, they treated this, this group. This is a letter that he's writing. He's addressing an issue in the church where they were partaking of communion and kind of, I mean, they were treating communion as common. 
There were poor people there that didn't, they were homeless, and they were going before them and eating before the homeless people, and they were just slamming on the food, okay? But Paul is telling them, don't you have houses to eat and drink in? And that's what he was addressing here. And they were treating communion as common, insignificant, and powerless. But there's power in communion. We need to take in a, in a worthy manner. Okay? Under, that means understanding the significance of communion when we partake of it. Well, if I partake of communion every week, we do this every week in church. If we, if we do it in the home, and if we just kind of want to just kind of be like routine and insignificant, if you let it be, but it won't if every time you come and you think of the cross, we're going to show you what to think about, and, and you're going to get practice, good practice with it on how to do it at home because we're going to be doing it every week here at church, Okay? And you can be kind of falling asleep while I'm teaching and, okay, and then, and then get the communion, okay, let's just go ahead, okay, let's go eat, okay, yeah. that's doing it, just kind of going through the motions, that's partaking in an unworthy manner, and we all need to watch, make sure we're, we're not doing that, amen? Okay, so, uh, next verse. Uh, but let a man examine himself. Yeah. Okay. So, man, haven't, you, haven't we seen that in church, in religion? Oh, but examine yourself. Make sure there's no sin in your life. Again, you can't partake of sin. So what's this talking about? Well, go back over last week, and I explained that how this means in the Greek, the word examine means to judge as good. means the judge is good. I mean, how, and, and notice how religion, in religion you can read stuff into it. I used to do it myself. I'm not picking on anybody. I used to do it myself until I got this revelation. It never says to examine to see if there's sin in your life. It never says that. But because of religious teaching, we kind of assume it means that, but it actually means examine, examine yourself as good. Because, how, do you, why, how do you examine yourself as good? Because of what Jesus did for you on the cross. See, you need to read the Bible through the lens of the cross. Start with what you understand. We understand that Jesus took our sins on the cross, so he can't be talking about examining ourselves for sin. If it meant that, we're all screwed. We're, we're screwed because well, what are you going to do? You're going to, okay. You start examining yourself. I mean, if you really take it seriously and you try to get out any, any sin in your life and try to confess that, then what happens? What if you forget something? Well, ask your wife. If she knows it, she might bring up some. She probably got something you forgot about. And after that, then ask your kids. Somewhere or another, you're going to come up with it. So, so where, where does this end? 
Because you, you tell me we never sin, Pastor Don. That's just crazy. I didn't say we never sin. <laughs> we all sin, but we are under the waterfall of God's forgiveness. Every time we sin, we instantly it's instantly washed and cleansed because we are perfect on the inside. We've been made new creations. Jesus was made sin that we might become the righteousness of God. So there, so there is no sin ever in our life. That doesn't mean we, we don't commit sin. We all sin. It's not just the stuff you... It's not, it's not, see, because if you start examining yourself and you're thinking about, it's only stuff you think about. There's a lot of times if you really, 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 really think about it. What about those lies you told when you went to the cell phone store and you got signed that contract and then you sign at the bottom that says that you check that box or you signed up for something online, the same thing. And you check that box that you agreed, that you, that you read everything. Every single one of you, you never confess that sin. So you can't expect to be, how are you going to expect to be blessed? How many of you read all, all, every time you go and sign that cell contract and you read, you know, those 90 pages, you just sign that thing, man, get me up out of here. So you just lied. And you know what the Bible says? All liars will have their part in the lake. It burns with fire and brimstone. But guess what? We're not liars. <laughs> now, we've all, we all lie, but we're not liars because of the blood of Jesus cleansed us from all our sin. As soon as you signed that and didn't read it, you were cleansed of that sin because of the cross. Now, that got all the self-righteous people. That, so we, I think we got everybody. That's just one thing. So how in the world are you going to sit there and say, oh, I forgot about that one? And you partake of communion. How dare you do that? Thank you, Lord. <laughs> so let him examine yourself. In other words, See yourself through the cross. Examine yourself and focus on what Jesus did for you and taking all your sins and all, all of your sicknesses on the cross. Amen. Uh, verse, let's go to the next verse. Uh, he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself. And this is every judgment is not having to do, doesn't have to do with going to hell. This is a, a judgment because of sickness, uh, the judgment of sickness. See, um, you can open the door to sickness in your life through not understanding, through eating in one, uh, several ways. You can eat and drink in an unworthy manner and open the door to sickness in your life by reasons that we mentioned about looking at communion as treating it as common and insignificant. If you eat in an unworthy manner, you eat and drink judgment to himself, opening up the door for sickness and disease in your life, not understanding 
Not discerning, it says, the Lord's body. The, the word discern means to see and understand. Okay. Now, here, here's where we, we want to have some discussion here because this is very important. This next verse, look at this next verse. For this reason. It didn't say reasons. It says this reason. Many are weak and sick among you and many sleep. Okay, now let's look at that. Let's look at that. Go back to that previous verse. Not understanding. It's not understanding. Everybody say, not understanding the Lord's body. Next verse. For this reason. What reason? Not understanding the Lord's body. So the question is, what do we need to understand about the Lord's body? Now what religion has done is they have not understood the Lord's body was broken for our sicknesses and for our diseases. Religion lumps together, listen, the bread and the cup. And they say it's all, it's all for the forgiveness of sins. But that's not the truth. We need to separate the body, the body and, and the cup. The body was broken for your sicknesses and for your diseases so you'd be healed. The cup was for the forgiveness of sins. What does the cup represent? The blood. The blood was shed for the forgiveness of sins, but the body was broken so you can be healed. And when you partake of this bread, it symbolizes by his stripes, you were healed. Himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. And we, we partake of this bread. See, and you, you, you see the cross. You see him taking your sicknesses and your diseases on the cross. And you get more, more health and wholeness comes into your body. When somebody asked about buying these so they can partake at home. You don't need to, need to buy these. I can save you some money. Just get you some crackers. Get you some Ritz crackers and break them up. Get you some grape juice. I use my tea. I got enough tea to last me for probably five years. <laughs> I use some tea or whatever's available. Lemonade. I wouldn't recommend Hennessy. So don't get carried away. <laughs> All right. So moving right along. I mean, you got to cover everything. Cause, but anyway, I guess if you do it in faith, it'll work. Praise God. Edit that out. For this reason, many sick may sleep. Okay, let's look at... Um, Okay, let's, let's talk about, see, the word separates the, these things. Himself, when, when, when Jesus said in, in Matthew 8, 17, himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. He's quoting from Isaiah 53, and you can read my, it's all in my book on healing. He's quoting from Isaiah 53, which says, surely he has uh, born our, it's, it's hard for me to go back to what it, what it really, what it, it actually says. I'm, 
I usually read it the way Jesus interpreted it. Jesus interpreted that, uh, yeah, griefs. Surely he, he has borne our griefs. Isaiah 53, 4. It says griefs. But actually, it's sicknesses. How do I know that? Well, you can look at the Hebrew word and you see how it's, it's usually translated. It's usually translated sickness. I'm not talking to you, Siri. What are you talking? Okay, so Jesus interpreted that sickness. He said himself took uh, our infirmities, or actually Matthew is quoting. Somehow I asked this to play Sunny Boy Christmas by Israel and New Breed. Okay, Chris, I'm not, not ready for Christmas music yet. Okay, if it's up to me, um, I would pass. The first thing I would do if I was a politician, that's why I couldn't be in politics. I would declare it's against the law to play any Christmas music before Thanksgiving. Man, Christmas earlier, earlier. I think at some point they're going to have it like year round. Okay, so, so Jesus said, well, I, I said Jesus said, but actually in Matt, Matthew says, okay, referring to Jesus on the cross, talking about Jesus as he was healing the sick in his ministry, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, saying himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So, so he doesn't call it, he doesn't call it um, griefs. He calls it sicknesses. So on the cross, Jesus bore our sicknesses. And we see it here in Psalm 103. It says, bless the Lord. See, people have forgotten the benefits. Amen. I almost defriend some people on uh, or I want to defriend some people on Facebook who's putting up these Christmas decorations. I mean, goodness. I almost, I got, I got a, uh, a friend, Sandra McCollum, who's, we, we have her, I think we still have her book in our bookstore, Joyce Meyer's daughter, she's a friend of ours, and she, she loves her some Christmas decorations. And she was online putting up her Christmas decorations this week. Man, it's hard for me to look at that stuff. Okay, the, what have we forgotten? Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Look, forget not. Say forget not. Forget not all his benefits. There's benefits. Now, remember what I talked about, how people want to separate the bread, and a cup. Or, excuse me, they had to try to lump them together. But we, ne we need to separate. Let me make that clear. We need to separate. Forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities? What the cup represents. Who heals all your diseases? Thank you, Lord. That was done on the cross. All your diseases were healed on the cross. And what do, we, what do we need to do? Believe it. And when we partake of communion, 
Don't partake of communion without, even if you're not sick, just thank him for your holiness and thank him for what he's did, done for you on the cross. Then when you're ready, when you get attacked, and we all get attacked, thank you, Jesus. Okay. Now, uh, let's look at, this is really some fun stuff here. And uh, let's look at the Passover. And uh, in, the, in the Passover, they were to bring, um, these were, were, were their instructions to, uh, on what to do the night of the Passover. They were to go to get a lamb. And this wasn't any old kind of lamb or, or goat, but it was a lamb that was to be without spot and without blemish. And they were to take some of the blood. And I love it because sometimes people think when, when we're under grace, we're saying that you don't, um, we, we don't look at the, new, the, the Old Testament. No, there are, Jesus is in every book of the Bible. And see, it helps us, actually gives, gives us a pictures, like types and shadows of Jesus. The, the, the things in the, new, in, in the Old Testament, and this is one of them. In, in Exodus, when they were preparing for the, uh, the to Exodus, to exit out of Egypt, God was about to deliver them. And we're going to see the powerful delivering power of God. And this is a picture. I want everybody to see this. This is a picture of Jesus, and they should take some of the blood, the blood from the, this, this lamb that was without spot and without, without blemish, and guess what that's representing? And, and you know that that's, I'm going to jump ahead here. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Do you think that he accomplished his mission? Then you have no sin when you partake of communion because he took away the sin of the world. Okay, And that's what this is a type of. So they were to take uh, some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses. The lintel was the 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 upper supporting uh, beam and the upper doorpost. So they would place, this is a door, they would place the blood on the top and on the two sides. Guess what? That's a symbol of the cross. The lamb slain before the foundation of the world. So there's the cross in the Old Testament. So, so, so watch this, because we see a picture of the cross here, and this will, will give us some insight into what Jesus did for us on the cross, taking our sicknesses, and, uh, and also bringing us prosperity. Then they shall, now, now, now think about what kind of conditions and we'll look at we'll look at this in a second. Let me read this first. Um, then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire. Okay, now let's see, let's see. 
Let's see our healing in this. Okay? They, you know what Jesus on the cross? He was, he received the fire of God's judgment because of our sin. He became sin. All right? By his stripes, we were healed. And so, so when they were to eat of this lamb the night of the Passover, this is a type of communion. This is that as we, as we eat, this is what this is a type of. They would eat the lamb that, that was slain, that that blood came from, and they would eat it with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs. Okay? And this is a type of Jesus receiving the judgment for our sins. So, and he, and he says, um, oh man, I thought I had these verses somewhere. Okay. Well, let me just tell you about it. I was going to talk, show you a scripture about how they were treated when uh, they were in Egypt. They were under hard taskmasters. Okay, so they, they, they were slaves. You can imagine they probably were malnutrition because of the kind of food that they were, the kind of diet that they were having because they would probably have to scrape together food, poor living conditions. They were whipped and they were beaten. And yet, uh, just jot this down. Um, I realized this morning that I, and I tried to put it in here, but it's, it didn't get in here. But Psalm 105, 37. Let's, let's turn to that and, uh, because this is a powerful, powerful verse. It shows us how that God brought them out. It says in Psalm 105, 37 that he brought them out with silver and gold. Watch this. And you can imagine, and the reason why I explained that to you about what kind of conditions that they were under, and they were under hard taskmasters, and they were slaves, and they had to be, and there were about approximately three million Jews, two and a half to three million Jews. And you, you know that there's some sick folk. And we, obviously, they're broke. But, and, and we, we won't read any of this, but you can go check it out. And what God had them to do before they went out, they would go to the, the Egyptians and ask them for, for their jewelry before they came out. Thank you, Lord. Not only, not only on the cross did Jesus take our sicknesses, he took our poverty. He became poor 2 Corinthians 8, 9, he became poor that we through his poverty might become rich. That means have a, rich means having abundant provision and a full supply. I mean, who does that? Who, who goes to and who goes and borrows as slaves? They're going to they're go to their, the people they were serving and ask them for articles of silver and gold. It's a divine setup. And people gave it to him. The Bible says he brought them out. 
with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble among them. Three million people walked out 100% healed. Come on. Thank you, Lord. And then verse 9 says, that, he said, don't eat it raw. And you know what that's a type of? Don't, don't look at the raw Jesus. What you talking about? We want to see him roasted in fire. As we partake of communion, we want to see him taking, the, taking all of our sin. Eating it, eating it raw is looking at Jesus before the cross. Looking at Jesus in the manger as a baby. We're going, coming on Christmas time. Or looking on him as a, a good moral leader. Looking at him as a, as a great, he's a great teacher. That's not how we look at him when we receive communion. We, we don't want to look at him, we don't want to eat, eat the bread raw. We want to see him taking the judgment, being judged for our sins, taking the fire of God's judgment. See, when, once you understand this, loving God is not a problem. Loving people is not a problem. See, it's, it's receiving the love that he has for you. See, the new covenant is not about your love for God. It's about his love for you. And when you understand how much you've forgiven, you're going to love much. Children of Israel had a situation where they were bitten by snakes, fiery serpents. And they would set it on a... a, a and, and the Lord told Moses to make a fiery serpent. This, this is for their healing. Because people were dying by snake bites. He said, make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And it shall be that everyone who is bitten. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This is a picture of the cross. In fact, this symbol is on the American Medical Association. You know that symbol? The snake and the cross. That's what this is. Isn't that interesting? Make a fiery serpent, set it on a pole, and it shall be that everyone who's bitten, when he looks at it, that's a picture of the cross. See, the pole is a picture of the, of, of the, of the cross. Everyone who is bitten when he looks at it. So as you partake of, of communion, look at the cross. Daggone it, these scriptures didn't make it over here. Let me get, the, the next verse says, I want you to see this because this is a bronze. It's not just any kind of pole. It's a brown, a, a bronze pole and that speaks, bronze speaks of judgment. Last verse here. Numbers 21.9 says, So Moses made a bronze serpent. Bronze is a symbol of judgment. And, uh, and he put it on a pole. So it was, if a serpent had bitten, bitten anyone, 
when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. Okay, so the fiery serpent or the snake that was put on the pole represented the disease that caused him to die. All right? It was a bronze serpent to show us that it was judged. So that's a picture of the cross that our sicknesses were placed on the body of Jesus on the cross and were judged so you can be healed. So what do we do? We look at it. We look at the cross. We see Jesus. What do we look at? We see Jesus on that cross bearing all your sicknesses and all your diseases. What, whatever, if you're going through a sickness right now, as we partake of communion, what I want you to do is just look at the cross and see whatever disease that you have, see it on that cross. And when you look at it, don't look at your disease. Let me say, let me say one more thing about um, when, those, when the children of Israel were inside the house. I imagine that, that, that I mean, they could have been fearful about, man, I wonder if that, because the death angel was going to pass over and kill every one of the firstborn of anybody that didn't have the blood applied to the house. And I imagine some of them could have been a little nervous, could have been a little, little, little fearful inside the house, wondering, oh, man, I, I wonder, but I, I wonder, man, if, uh, if we going if our firstborn would be killed too, but there was nothing to worry about. Why? Because of the blood. So whatever you're going through in your life, you don't have to worry about anything. Just understand that the blood is over you. That the blood protects you. And guess what? It didn't make any difference of what kind of behavior they had in the house. Kids could have been acting up. (laughs) Husband and wife could have been arguing. But it didn't matter what kind of behavior was in the house. The only reason, the only thing that protected them was the blood that was applied. Didn't have anything to do with their behavior. It was the blood. And that represents the cross. So today is not about your self-effort or your performance. It's the cross. As Jesus is, so are you. Thank you, Lord. Every head, body, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word.